Hi, everybody, and welcome to this very first episode of Owning Your Legacy. Today, we're going to be talking about the topic of partnerships, and I was honored to be accompanied by Charlie Safro and Sean Smith. Charlie Safro is one of only a handful of female leaders in the transportation and supply chain space, and she shares what it's like to work with her husband and then step alone into the spotlight. Charlie is the president and founder of CS Recruiting, a recruiter by trade, a connector at heart. She started the company as a one-woman show and now oversees 35 employees and growing. She is also the proud mom of three sons. So Sean is the president and co-founder of the award-winning attention agency, Third Street. His perspective on communication and business trends have been featured in multiple media outlets, including the Huffington Post, Entrepreneur.com, and Best Company, to name a few. He's a recipient of the American Red Cross Leadership Award for Excellence in Media Fundraising and a frequent guest lecturer at his alma mater, Indiana University. He was a former on-air personality at WRRM-FM in Cincinnati. He's my dear friend and trusted advisor. Truly hope you enjoy this very first episode of Owning Your Legacy. And following our conversation, we're going to hear from Edlong's Business Development Director for North America, Lauren Hopkins. She's going to share with us her insights and takeaways from the conversation around partnerships. Thank you so much for listening. So hello and welcome, you guys. This is a really, really exciting first episode of Owning Your Legacy. And so happy to have both of you here. So this is Sean Smith to our to our listeners who's worked with Ed Long for a couple of years now. I have. Doing our marketing. Indeed. And Charlie Safro. I love your name, Charlie. Thank you. That you, There's a story behind that. There is a story, but yes. it is my real name. It's and adorable. It's so mistaken. CEO and founder of CS Recruiting. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to be talking about partnerships and relationships and not only business partnerships, but also the partnerships that support us in our life and really help us shine and flourish. So... Before we get into that, I'd like you both to kind of introduce yourself a little more than I did and talk a little bit about your story. Uh, I'm Charlie Safro, and I am the owner, founder, president of CS Recruiting. We are a 35-person firm that specializes in recruiting within the logistics, supply chain, and transportation industry. So, Which is long, a challenge right now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it sure is. Long story how I ended up in the industry, but um, we work with clients nationwide, recruiting at the executive level, at the manager, director level, all functions that support the supply chain. That's huge. Yeah. You know and Sean. Well. Hi, Lorette. Hi, Hi. Sean Smith, uh, president and co-founder of Third Street Attention Agency. We're, we're an advertising and marketing firm, but we refer to ourselves as an attention agency because our, our MO, if you will, is to first pay attention to the needs of the client, uh, to your customers, what their needs are. Basically, have the discipline to shut the hell up for a minute, mm-hmm. right? Right. And then, and only then, can we create the kind of attention that it is that your brand is looking for. So mm-hmm. B2B, B2C, or as, as we like to say, P2P, person to person, because ultimately that's, that's what communication is all about. So let's get into some thoughts on partnerships and what we look for and, and how they support us to, to shine. So I don't, Charlie, talk a little bit about, I think it's interesting talking about when you said you were an employee in your business mm-hmm. and now you're the owner of it and how that transpired. Sure. So the backstory there is I started 
my business kind of an accident. It wasn't something that I wrote a business plan or went out and got a loan. It just started to happen where I was doing some freelance recruiting. I got one project after another. I was pregnant with my third son and I got to a point where it was, I'm, I'm definitely an overachiever and a people pleaser. And I got to that point where I'm either going to do this and I'm going to do it with all my might, or I'm going to walk away before I fail. So, um, <laughs> I so exactly. So I was a one-woman show for about a year, and then when I got to that point and I needed to hire, um, I had worked for my husband for about four years. When he sold his business is when I became kind of a, a freelancer, free agent, and he was available. He was waiting out a non-compete, thinking he was going to get back into the logistics industry. Um, so I hired him, and he was my first employee. That's awesome. <laughs> it was. And we really, um, we do make a great team. He is a great supporter. We have very, very different strengths. But, um, you know, working with your spouse does have a lot of value. There's a lot of risk. But... At the end of the day, I mean, we have the same priority. We have the same goals. We just go about getting there very different ways. So mm -hmm. um, he was my partner in the business, still is my partner, but really a hands-on working partner um, for about eight years. And I really was an employee in my own business. And that's kind of the way I wanted it. I liked being a doer. I liked bringing in revenue. I liked knowing what it took to succeed. Yeah. And when my husband left, um, I stepped up and really became the leader of my own business. And I've really embraced this leadership role for the last two years. So um, lots of different dynamics, but um, it's been a fun ride. And I think, I think it's so true when we sat down, you said, do you have any siblings or any family at Edlong? And, and I used to, so I'm the youngest of seven and there was five out of the seven of us working together the night and I brought them all in and my dad was like you're gonna rue the day and um <laughs> he was pretty right being the youngest so the decision so after many years um there's none of my siblings at the company anymore and making decisions now is so much clearer yeah. and I feel like when you're talking about you know now I'm really running my business mm -hmm. it's so interesting the voices that we hear and they're so loud Sometimes we can't hear our own voice. It's, did it take you time, if you don't mind me asking, no, did go it right take ahead. you time to adjust from having to make decisions, get permission slips to, you know what, I'm going to make this decision? Well, you've watched that happen. <laughs> 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 yes, I think that's very, very true. I think claiming the leadership mm -hmm. role, claiming the fire in your belly, you know, that we've really been talking about a lot and, and doing this. And putting mm -hmm. ourselves out there, and I know Charlie's going through the same process, and it's sure. it's scary. I mean, it's really just being visible and being seen. When especially when you grow up in a big family, and like that's like the last thing you want is to be visible and seen. Exactly. And I think back to partnerships, the people that we surround ourselves with that are our biggest cheerleaders. It sounds like your husband mm -hmm. is in the background, going, "You go, girl." For sure. For sure. And that's and sometimes my past experience of working with two ex-husbands. <laughs> that wasn't always the case. You know, it was for a while, but there's a point where you can't outshine me, mm -hmm. you know, and that was hard. That was really, really hard stuff. And I think it's all subconscious even. I don't think it was necessarily conscious. It's not because they're bad people, no, right? No, But it's rare to find somebody that is truly rooting for your success, at least I've found. Down deep is truly excited and wants you to go as far as you can possibly go. Yes. And doesn't and doesn't quietly celebrate when you stumble. It happens. Right. Right. So you gotta talk about 
I know you and your wife are very yeah. supportive of each other. So Absolutely. I think yes. that's a, a good a good segue. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned my wife. Her name is Beth. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get real here real quick. Um, we had fertility issues. We thought about having a baby. And there, oh, there she is. Right. And and then from that point on, it was just struggleville. Mm. You That's name it, miscarriages, mm. IVF, oh. surrogates. It just wasn't happening. And so my wife turned to a, for lack of a better term, holistic health approach. Mm. And it wasn't like she was constantly eating junk food before or anything like that. But she made a point of, I'm going to go all in sure. on this. Mm-hmm. And she did. So she did it both all in on health and then let go. Instead of trying to make it happen, letting it happen. That Isn't that is amazing? symbolic. And it was, it, guess what? It worked. <laughs> <laughs> Two more kids later, we've since turned off the tap. We're all done now. Thank you very much. And in that journey. Isn't this mind body though? Yeah, yeah I had a similar experience. It's real. Mm-hmm. It is. I'm it's a real. believer. Uh, so through that journey, she discovered raw foods and did her own juicing. If you say fertility, and it's amazing. You whisper it to somebody and they know somebody. Either they themselves have oh, experienced yeah. it or it's a cousin mm-hmm. or, oh, my aunt or my friend or whatever. So her friends start saying, hey, what, what did you do here? So she started juicing for them. Mm. Fast forward now a good six, seven years later, and she's in 500 Kroger stores That's with her awesome. juices now. Thank you. Wow. And now she's putting some booze in that juice and, and ah. has that going on as well. So... All as backdrop to say it didn't. It wasn't like there was a master plan, but every step of the way, and I don't have to tell two of you, it looks really pretty from the outside, and we dress up nice. But other side of the curtain, sure. man, there is a lot Oof. of dirt under the I fingernails. Love that other yeah. side of the curtain, right? Yes. And if you don't have a partner, whether I, I'm amazed that you guys were able to actually do business together, mm-hmm. that and and then live to tell the tale. Yes. Right? Yes. When I was in it, it didn't seem difficult. It just seemed like this was what was supposed to happen. But in retrospect, yes. I, I'm like, wow, I actually have a voice of my own. Yes. And I hid behind his a little bit. Uh-huh. And that was that was just part of my journey. No regrets. Is he cool with your voice now? Oh, yeah. Taking, mm-hmm. Yes. Get the spotlight? Yes. That's awesome. Does your wife have a, a good advertising agency? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to answer. That's a good idea. <laughs> she might need logistics. Yeah, or recruiting, or recruiting. <laughs> or recruiting. Recruiting on logistics. Exactly. <laughs> but the, the part of the reason that I admire it is because she and I will collaborate on things. But collaboration means she'll, when she wants my opinion, she'll ask for it. Mm-hmm. I'll give it, and she may or may not take the advice sure. given or give the perspective given. So it's not as meshed mm-hmm. as the two of you were, right? Yeah. They're, they're overlapping mm-hmm. circles, but not by that much, so... No, we would, you know, bring work home. And, and that that's the best and worst thing about working with your spouse is it was the dinner table conversation. And yeah. I like to believe that we inspired our kids along the way and they picked up pieces. But on the same token, it was the dinner table conversation. And, you know, we right. ha- also have a marriage and a, a relationship way beyond our business. I remember being in a leadership meeting with my ex and that was one of the hardest things. We were diabolically different on on this one particular issue of us. It was an international discussion on where we were going. And mm-hmm. he wanted to go this way and I wanted to go that way. And that is, that's not good for, or healthy for any leadership right. team to witness. And it used to happen with my sister too. There mm-hmm. was a point in time that it was, are you on Lorette's side or Paula's side on strategy? Like that. Mm-hmm. And I just have noticed, like since 
We've gotten healthier at Edlong, and I love my executive leadership team. Some of them are in the background here. That we really are aligned, and there's a ton of trust and a ton of support. And that's my circle of trust. And we all need that, I think, of where you can just go, Yes. I don't know what to do. And, and that's okay. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. It takes and, a lot of strength to say, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So do you guys have a circle of trust that you lean on in yes. that way? Yes. Tell Indeed. me about it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I, I, there's, there's people that are at Third Street that are that circle of trust. And there's, and there's people whom I admire and trust and have you know, become friends over the years, mentors, et cetera, that I, I look to. And I think that circle of trust, you know, you can use the cliche you want. It's earned. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there's a difference between the kind of trust where I confide in you and I can trust that you don't tell anybody and then proactive mm-hmm. trust, right. right? Can I trust that you genuinely have my best interests in mind and are you bringing that forward on a regular basis? And am I doing the same? Right. Do we care enough about one another mm-hmm. that yes. we are not gonna actively root for one another's success and bring forward support proactively? I was listening to, um, I love podcasts. Me too. And I love Brene Brown. I don't know <laughs> if you guys. Me too. Uh, Such a nerd, yeah. <laughs> I drove in from the suburbs yesterday and listened to two. But one of them was on trust. And um, she was interviewing, it's called The Thin Book of Trust. And I can't remember the author's name, which is really bad. But his definition of trust was, I won't get this right either, but it was very much like what you were saying. I'm, when I trust, I'm, being vulnerable and giving you yeah. what I hold sacred that you're mm-hmm. going to care for it. Yes. And it's like, it's a safety zone. Yes. The marble jar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, exactly. Yeah. I think uh, that's kind of the foundation to everything. It is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's rare to find. And once you find it, you, I think you have to invest in it. That's the other thing. I think it's easy to let relationships in general just kind of take their path. When you find somebody special, exactly. you, you have to put in the time, work, and effort to make sure that, that relationship mm-hmm. continues to grow, right? Because they, they not, nothing ever stays stagnant. It's either falling backwards or going forward. Exactly. It's a big challenge as a, a business owner. And there are many days where I look around my team and I'm like, wow, they, they really care. They mm-hmm. probably won't ever care as much as I do, but they care pretty, pretty, pretty darn close. Exactly. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then I have to step back and reflect and, you know, kind of pat myself on the back that they care because we hired the right people mm-hmm. who align with our values. And, and as a recruiter, you better be good at that. I, I know, right? <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. We're like the cobbler's wife. Like yeah, every time right. it comes to hiring for us, we're like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> we need but, to hire a recruiter. Exactly. <laughs> we invest in them. We invest in getting to know them. We have a shared purpose that we, you know, repeat over and over. And so it, it makes sense that they care that much. But there's always some fear that, like, what what could happen, at, right. you know, if, if they stopped caring. You're both in a very male-dominated industry as well. Oh, yeah. Right? Transportation, oh, yeah. flavor business is historically male-dominated. Yeah. We're the only woman-owned certified. It's amazing. It's a very... And I don't want to be the only one, you know? It's, yeah. I think it, the whole journey is to help inspire, bring, bring mm-hmm. women with us and... Definitely. I would have to imagine that would make this circle of trust all the more... Important. Indeed. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's very true. And valuable. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the behind-the-curtain stuff, you know, that yeah. sometimes you just... There was a woman um, that, I, that I knew from Pepsi, and she's still there, and now she's way higher, Grace Puma. She was um, the head of procurement when I met her, and she was telling me a story of, 
you know, and you can only imagine the layoffs that they've had to go through and like what a hard day would sure. that be. And she's like, I'd come home from a day like that, curl in the fetal position in my shower. And my husband would be like, red or white, honey? <laughs> I'm like, that's the man I want. Exactly. <laughs> and that's vulnerability for her to talk right, about that and right. to admit that. It's not always easy. There's such strength mm-hmm. in vulnerability, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. And I think that those who are strongest are the most willing to say, oh, well, I was such an idiot when mm-hmm. I did that. Oh, that was a you know, dumbass move that I made. They did a kind of thing. You know, bounce back quick. Yeah. It's one of the things I admire most about my wife. And I, I can, we've just met Charlie, but I can tell very similar. And Lorette, you're, you're the first to go, oh, I just, I just didn't get it. On I'm the one. first to cry is what you're going to say. <laughs> so back to the pandemic and, and like so lucky that your husband could take over the home mm-hmm. because I'm telling I'm a single yeah. mom of these five boys and my youngest has dyslexia. That was a shit show. Yeah, sure I was. was like, <laughs> oh, like the teachers, God bless them, wanted you to sit next to especially your kids that have trouble. Like, it was so bad. And I just could see his light going out. Mm-hmm. I didn't give a shit about the grades. It was like yeah. his light. Right. So I was, and one of the teachers was yelling at me as usual, and I had to get on a Teams call. Don't worry, the teachers don't even have my phone number. <laughs> they only have my husband. That's so, Oh my God, that's what I should do. Give, give Colin's phone number. That would be hysterical. He'd be like, go ahead. But anyway, I get off this call, and I'm on my leadership team, and i just bawling. I'm like, oh, and they were... They're like, oh, it was. You sometimes you just can't help yeah. it. Yeah. But I'm like, this is just too much. Yeah. I it think was vulnerability, intense. though. That that has probably been the best lesson I've learned since I've assumed my leadership role. I have a leadership team of three other women, so mm-hmm. four females right now. But I did it all for so long, and I had to. And then I finally got to this place where I could admit my strengths and my weak spots, and that's where. I really earned respect, and and I think that is why they care so much because they know their strengths and where yes. they're filling in the gaps. But it took me surrendering and saying, "I don't do legal, I don't do financials, find I don't a way do to detail. manage up." Exactly. <laughs> I don't do any exactly. detail. Vision, yeah, uh, vision. I, let's stay, let's stay in there. Yep, that I've is got so integrators, true. and I'll no. sit back as the visionary. Yes, uh-huh. I love that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that traction is like it's changed our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I never even knew there was such a thing as an integrator. So I'm 28 years at Edlong, and like it took me this long to but figure out that that's what I suck at. Mm-hmm. And my integrator Brenda is awesome, keeps us going. And Rocket it really Fuel? did you read Rocket Fuel? Um, no, we read uh, Traction. Traction. Yeah, Rocket Fuel is another good one that yeah. really like breaks down the characteristics and and how to partner a visionary and an integrator. I'll send it it's, to you. Okay, <laughs> it makes all the difference. It really. And it helps with focus because I got an issue around mm-hmm. focus too. So, if you really figure that know. out, let me know. Uh, the rocks, <laughs> I know, I know. The squirrels, the squirrels are everywhere. But I think um, in traction, you have like your rocks for the quarter, and you're really only allowed to have like one rock. Mm-hmm. And so when I and I used to give my leadership team like, oh, let's go, you know, let's go down this. Ideation is one of my top five and strength finders, and but I can't execute to save my soul. Yeah. I can just. I think ADD is a prerequisite to being an entrepreneur. <laughs> I think right? so. No, I think so. Yeah, you have to have a Anybody else it. lefty? 
No. no. I'm a lefty. Like, well, I kind of go both ways. My team just uh, <laughs> my team just made a Slack channel called Charlie's Parking Lots because I always have these like oh, grandiose ideas, and that's they're smart. like it's called the Long Term Issue List. Yeah, and they're like, we don't world. care about your dream last night. We don't care, you know. <laughs> the dreams are the dreams, exactly. And every day I'm like, you guys, and so now I have to put that's my ideas in a parking hysterical. lot, and that's one smart. day they they come back, but at least I have somewhere to get it out. They have a home, exactly. So. I got to ask you guys, when we talk about owning your legacy, what is the legacy you would like to leave behind? This podcast. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I got so I, we worked so hard, forgive me, we worked so hard to get our kids that I think, our, our, whether we like it or not, our children will be our legacy, right? Mm, that's uh, beautiful. I was a Boy Scout, and we were taught... It was ingrained, leave it better than you found it. Whatever it is, leave it better than you found it. I so, love that. It's a good way to think about everything. I think everything. so. Everything. Yeah. So. How about you, Charlie? Yeah, I mean, I definitely do it for my kids. My, are you familiar with limiting beliefs? No. So it's it's this underlying, like, uh, reason we do what we do. Um, and my limiting belief is that I, I think I have to work hard. And I realized, like, for who? For me. But it was the way I was raised. And I was mm-hmm. raised with really strong work ethic, but almost to a fault, where I was 12 years old waitressing and my friends were you know, out at summer camp and here I am collecting tips. So my legacy is, is to teach my three boys about work ethic, about staying motivated, finding you know, a career that makes them happy, yes. but not forcing it and really letting them sit back and observe and see the joy that the hustle brings, because mm-hmm. it does, it does bring joy. If you're living your calling and your purpose, you know? Exactly. Which you got to find that. Find that and mm-hmm. find the values and that that you love. My my 25-year-old had a really rough breakup over the last over the Christmas and he was living in Denver, mm-hmm. but it was like the worst Sunday of my life. Like it was But the cool thing I think out of that he ended up changing careers. So he's an econ division 1 football guy, so work ethic up the wazoo. Mm-hmm. Got an econ major and then quit that and went to um Madison, Wisconsin. So and during that time, he was working for Ed Long for a little bit because, you know, he needed some structure. Sure. Like, like he was so heavy in the house. It was just like, oh, dude, you got to do something. Distract. So he was working in, um, funny enough, supply chain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, I hate this job. So I was downstairs in my office. He's up, upstairs in the little loft office. And I, we, I'd come out and he'd just be like shaking his head. So now he's doing um, woodworking. He's like, I knew I wanted to work with my hands. Mm-hmm. When he interned at Ed Long, he always was in operations and very... Physical. Yeah. He's like, sitting behind a desk is not my calling. Not thing. I, and it's so good to even learn what you hate. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Really important, yeah. I think, for our kids to experience. And he's 25, 26 now. And yeah. You think perhaps he's found his passion? Is I think so. Thing? He's happy. I mean, back yeah. to your point, yeah. I don't care. Right. I'm, like, I'm just glad you're happy because yeah. that was rough. No doubt. And he has time to figure it out. I think we absolutely. all have like our quarter life crisis. And yes. I didn't start this phase of my career till I was 32. I had three kids. And right. it feels like this has been my whole life the last 11 years. So yeah. that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, everybody start. doesn't know. No. At nine or ten, like I did. <laughs> I most I never figure it out, right? Yeah, Which is why at any thing. age, it's a gift. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, this has been really fun, you guys. So, yes. any any last parting thoughts or anything you'd like to share? Congratulations to you both on putting your chin out there and going for it, right? Thank you. It's, Thank you. It's it takes some chutzpah, yeah. as they say. This and is definitely going, the most discomfort I've ever. It's good. <laughs> That's it's, when life life begins. When and you're I out think of your it's a great. Zone. 
example for our people, for our kids, for mm-hmm. our employees, for our tribes. There are many of our tribes that, you know what? I'm putting myself out there. You gotta, you gotta try this, and you have something to say. People yeah, want to hear it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So thank you so much. Thank it's been you for a pleasure. It's been a privilege. Hi. Hi, Lorette. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> so welcome, Lauren Hopkins, to owning your legacy. And I really want to just talk a little bit today about the conversation that I had with Sean and Charlie earlier, and on partnerships and important partnerships in our lives. And any takeaways or insights that you got from that conversation? It was a great conversation. Um, I could resonate with so many of the things they were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that, uh, you know, Sean was touching on, you know, having a partner that it's okay, you know, to, to, to have conversations with and like bounce ideas off each other. You don't have to agree, but it's great to have that ability to, you know, just have that kind of that other voice and somebody to hear you out. Um, and really support, you know, helping you make decisions. And even when he was saying something like, you know, sometimes there's those people in your life that when you fail, they're kind of secretly cheering. And like, I mean, that's horrible, but it's even subconsciously or whatever, we can feel that when there's people mm-hmm. in our in our life that that we have to somehow learn how to block that out of our, out of our space. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about your partnership with your husband. And I know you guys have a baby who's... <laughs> Not so much a baby anymore, right? Oh my right? gosh, yeah. I think I showed somebody a picture of him earlier, and he's like half the length of me or more, probably. <laughs> wow. But that's easy, because I'm, I'm pretty yeah. short. Um, and he might have my husband's genes, so he could be <laughs> tall, but we don't know yet. Um, but really, um, my husband and I have been married for um, eight years, and right after we got married, we actually relocated to Omaha, Nebraska from St. Louis. Whew. And at that point, it was actually for his job. And over the course of those eight years, we've relocated three other times, and it's been for my job and for me to continue to pursue my career. Wow, um, that's supportive. That's it a is good very supportive. And, I, and I, I think how it works is you have to acknowledge that he's kind of making some sacrifices yes. in order for me to continue to pursue things. But I also know that he's continuing his career um, and has along the way. And so there will be opportunities where I have to you know, necessarily make a sacrifice. Well, you're not leaving Ed Long, though. No, not leaving Ed Long. No, no, no. <laughs> That's but, not an option. <laughs> you know, like, just within, like, it's like the give and take of, okay, yes. who's going to watch Harrison at 5 o'clock tonight when yes. um, our sitter is not watching him, you know, and, yeah. and just those little things, and you, there's the give and take within that. I think that's a really good point. So you have an au pair, right, that mm-hmm. lives with you, which is a lovely, I've never had that, but I have Maria. My Maria, whew, uh, she's been with, us for, God, since Declan was 18 months old, so 12 years or so, she's my lifeline. I mean, talk about a partnership. Every time I ever go on a trip, when we used to travel more, and I used to travel a lot, and that mother guilt thing just gets you, and she'd always be like, it's okay, mama, I got them, you know, and I knew that they were going to be okay. So that's another partnership in our lives that can't live without our right hands, you know? Yes. Yes. And it's one of those things where you don't know like how much you need it until like during COVID when you didn't have it. Oh. And all of a sudden you're juggling having an 18 month old who just learned how to climb onto the kitchen table while you're on a team's call. Um, so you- 18 months is the hardest <laughs> age. It's like it's they fun. can walk and run around, but they don't really have the common sense. And it's nonstop. And they can't tell you how they, you know, if they want something, it's just screaming instead. So it was an interesting, you know, um, what, eight weeks at home, but we managed through. And you look back yeah. at that and you think, okay, well, that made me 
stronger to have to learn how do I kind of juggle all of this and, and do it all. Right. And what can I give, right? Because you can't do everything. Mm-hmm. There's things that Delegate don't to add elevate. value. And you told yes. me once, like, don't do something if it doesn't add value. Yes. So, exactly. you know. You don't want to come home and do dishes because you want to hang out with your son. Right. And have that quality time, which is so precious and hard to find. Yeah. That's very true. So what do you think your legacy is that you want to leave behind? So I, I actually feel inspired by you, Lorette. Oh, so stop. Previous, <laughs> prior to knowing you or, and even knowing Edlong, I had been in a very, you know, like male, you know, we talked about it earlier, male-dominated yeah. kind of industry. But even so, the, the, the kind of organization I was within, too, I really didn't have that that empathy and kind of support system yeah. um, within a, 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 like a circle of trust that like you guys talked about earlier, too. Um, and so I think for me looking forward, I would like to have an impact on other young parents, I'd say, not just young females, but, you know, that yes. encouragement that you you can, like, you can have a, a work, you can be, both parents can pursue a career, right. neither has to take a back seat. Um, you know, there's the, the give and the take, but you, you can do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And support each other. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lauren, for joining us. I really appreciate your insights and it's great to see you. Yes, Lauren, thank you for having me. <laughs> 